Well, hey, you guys, welcome to the Connection Point Parent Podcast, and I'm here with Dr. Zach Breitenbach and Trey Shigley. They head up our worldview department at Connection Point, and this is a really great resource for those of you that are parents of students in the uh, student ministry there at the church. Maybe you want to catch up and learn a little bit of what your student has been learning a particular weekend, so you can, uh, one, learn yourself, but also, two, be able to engage a good conversation with your student based on what they've been learning in their worldview lessons. Um, maybe also you're a student that just maybe missed a particular weekend. This is a good way to catch up, get a good summary of what the guys taught. So this is part one of a new series for the eighth graders. Uh, the last set of resources were for the seniors and uh, some lessons that they were going through. Now you guys are working with the eighth graders, and this is on the reliability and authority of scripture, that God is actually the one that inspired the word of God, the Bible is reliable. And so really, really key, key topic. Um, Trey, in this series that you guys launched this last Sunday about the reliability of the Bible, what what topics do you plan to cover each week? Yeah, this uh, series is so crucially important as the foundation of a lot of other things we believe as Christians. And we might even be covering things as adults we've thought about, but maybe some of these kids haven't even thought these questions yet, but we want them to have a solid foundation for when these things do come up, uh, they know what they believe and why they believe it. So uh, in this week, we talked about what does it mean that the Bible is inspired by God? Then uh, we're also going to talk about next week, how do we know what books and why they made it into the Bible? And what did those books originally say? You know, how do we know what uh, the original manuscripts said if we don't necessarily have the original manuscripts? And then week three, we're talking about, does the Bible have errors? And do the Gospels contradict each other? And are there kind of those textual uh, problems within the text? And then the fourth week is, do archaeology and history, uh, do they mesh with the Bible? Do they agree with it? Does it show that the Bible is reliable and something that is historically accurate? Gosh, this is something all of us really need. Um, Zach, so this first week was on the fact that the Bible is inspired by God. Can you tell us what that means? What's it mean for the Bible to be divinely inspired? Sure. So uh, God's inspiration of the scripture, of the Bible, means that the Bible is a product of God. It is God's word to us. And the the, um, the New Testament was written in Greek, and there's actually a word for this, um, and, and, and a very famous verse that talks about inspiration. It comes from uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17, where it says that all Scripture is God-breathed, and that's a good way of understanding what inspiration is. It's breathed out by God, um, and the Greek word is, is theonoustos. This literally... Uh, means God breathed. Theo refers to God and the noustos refers to, to breath. Um, so this is God's word uh, to us. God is behind it. It's the product of God. It's not just uh, a man-made invention, um, but uh, all scripture, 2 Timothy three sixteen to 17 says, is breathed out by God and it's profitable for us for us to live a, a complete Christian life and be equipped for every good work. So I know you guys took some time to discuss why it even matters whether the Bible came from God. Someone might say, you know, if the Bible has good teaching, 
Isn't that all that matters? So who cares if it's from God or invented by humans? What, what did you guys say about that? Trey, you want Yeah, this is an important question. Like, why does it even matter? And uh, it matters for a few things. One is that there are a lot of books out there. You go to the, the bookstore or the library, the internet, and you're going to find a lot of information and a lot of things being put out there as wisdom. And there is a lot of wisdom out there. But is there anything that sets the Bible apart? Do we need to be relying on it or can we rely on other things? Like how much of a role? And if it is inspired by God, it is elevated above all other literature, all other wisdom. And you can learn things from other places. But if it is inspired by God, then this is the one place we want to go as Christians to learn about who God is, what he's like, what he's commanded and um, everything there. And also... If this is the word of God and my life is not matching up with it, I have a responsibility as a Jesus follower not to dismiss the Bible, but to actually elevate my life and rearrange my life to match what Scripture says. If it is breathed out by God, then I have a responsibility to actually shift my actions uh, to match Scripture. It has the authority to direct my life. And so that's why it's not like any other book um, and it's not like any other wisdom out there. If it is from God, then it's treated differently. So did you guys address the question of whether every single word of the entire Bible is inspired and not just the, the main ideas? Right. Someone could say, oh, yeah, Second Timothy says, you know, all of Scripture is God breathed. But that could be referring to in general or just the main ideas are, are inspired by God. Uh, but we can see looking at Jesus and how the Gospels uh, show Jesus' teachings and that he actually thought the very words down to the, the very letters of Scripture were inspired by God and, and all of it. And so in one example in Matthew 5 on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is giving this famous sermon of his to a large crowd of people. And he says, this is in Matthew 5, verse 17 and 18, he says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets, which the law and prophets is kind of a catch-all phrase for the entirety of Scripture. So the law or the prophets, I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So Jesus is pointing out here that the smallest letter, letter, the smallest stroke of a pen in Scripture is authoritative, and it is the Word of God. And you can see in his other teachings, he actually makes arguments with religious leaders, and he's making his points based on the actual tense of a word in the Old Testament. And so even the, the present tense or the past tense matters uh, so Jesus viewed scripture not just as the main ideas were breathed out by God, but the actual words and letters that we have are exactly what God wanted us to have. Okay, so if, if God inspired every word, then does that mean he, he dictated it all? Kind of like a boss dictating a letter that an assistant types up? Yeah, so this raises an interesting question. Uh, if every word is from God, as Jesus clearly had that attitude, that's what he believed, that's what he taught, um, then how does that uh, how does that work with what we see in Scripture? Does it seem like the entire Scripture is is dictated by God? And basically, no. 
uh, Bible scholar, holds that the entire uh, Bible is dictated, and, and for good reason. Some parts of it clearly are. I mean, an obvious example would be uh, the Ten Commandments, right? Not only was this dictated by God, where he, he said, hey, write this down, but, I mean, he actually wrote it out himself uh, in the stone tablets, right? So, um, so there's things like that. There are other places in Scripture where it says, uh, thus says the Lord, and uh, or it says, write this down. I mean, even in Revelation uh, to the seven churches, right? Uh, it says, write this down to the churches, and then um, he, he, he's given the exact words to write. So certainly dictation uh, occurs in the Scripture, and God sometimes does do that. But then there's other times, and we looked at a few of these on Sunday, uh, where clearly it doesn't seem that God dictated it or would want to dictate it uh, for the purpose of, of what that is. One example would be uh, Psalm 44. Uh, this is a difficult psalm, uh, which a lot of people, when they read that, they're like, you know, this is in the Bible? This, this is kind of difficult because basically the psalmist is saying, God, are you asleep? Are you even awake? Do you, do you see me? We have been living for you and yet our enemies are trampling on us and all these things are happening and it seems like you don't even see me. It seems like you don't even care. And this person is just pouring out their heart and, and crying out to God uh, about this and, and saying, wake up, literally. That's what it says, wake up, are you sleeping? And so I think we've all had times where we've felt like this. I, I asked the students on Sunday and I, and I raised my hand, how many of you have ever felt like, it seems like God's sleeping, or where is he? Does he even see me? And I think we can all resonate with that and relate to that. And, and God wanted that to be in the scriptures, but it's not the sort of thing that we can imagine God dictating, where he says, okay, now I want you to write this down. God, are you sleeping? Where are you? And, and pouring out all this emotion. This is clearly coming from the, uh, the, the psalmist himself, right? It's clearly a deep, uh, raw, emotional expression uh, where he's he's going through a struggle with God. And and God wanted that to be in the Scripture, but it does not seem to be like the sort of thing that would be dictated. Or to give a New Testament example, we looked at uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 13 to 16. So here Paul is writing to Christians in Corinth, Greece, and he's, he's trying to straighten them out on certain things. In particular, in this passage is baptism. And people in Corinth were fighting over who baptized them or which preacher they followed. And some say, well, I, you know, I follow Paul. And others, well, I follow Apollos. And, well, I was baptized by Paul. And, ooh. and so Paul's like, you got to knock that off, right? I, uh, it does not matter who baptized you. You were not baptized into my name. You were baptized into the name of Christ. And then he goes on, and at the end of this passage, he starts saying, well, yeah, okay, I baptized this person, I baptized that person. Oh, yeah, there was another family I baptized. And then he says, beyond that, I don't even remember if I baptized anyone else, you know, and it doesn't really matter either. Um, so I don't think God probably told him to write down, <laughs> I don't even, he's expressing his lack of remembering something, right? Um, so these are just a couple examples, and, and we see many, uh, that the character of Scripture itself is uh, just like our relationship with God, it's very relational, and God didn't want to dictate all of it. He could have very easily, and he dictated parts of it, but some of it he, he is an expression of us back to God, or it's, um, it's raw emotion and it's other things. Uh, and so we definitely see the human element come out. We even see different writing styles, right? Uh, 
Paul's pretty long-winded, right? And he, he, he ha- says some things that you think he probably should have made four sentences, but he made it one sentence, and he just goes on and on. He goes down rabbit trails, and, you know, you read the book of Mark. It's pretty fast-moving and concise, and Mark's grammar, you know, his, his Greek wasn't wasn't as polished as, as say, Luke, you know? And so you, you can— you can see that it doesn't seem to be the sort of thing that was dictated by God all the way through. Um, and that's okay. That's just important to understand about the nature of Scripture. I think that's really interesting because even though, yeah, it might not have been dictated per se as we might think of it, it is nonetheless still inspired. And God is still guiding and directing that which he desired to be in his word in, in the first place. So, so. You, you touched on a little bit there, but even though every word of the Bible is inspired by God, the human authors kind of express their own thoughts and feelings and personalities, even their own writing styles shine through. How might we make sense of that? Yeah, so how does that even work, right? If every word of the Bible, even down to the smallest letter, as Jesus said, is God's word to us, it's God-breathed, it's inspired, uh, but yet we see the human element as well, and that Scripture is is a product of of both God and the human authors who are expressing themselves in certain ways. How how does that work? How is it still all God breathed? And and here's what I suggested to the to the students on Sunday. Uh, first of all, sometimes God does dictate things, as we talked about, and He directly interacts with the authors in certain ways. To to give one example, think about the Apostle Paul, right? Um, Paul says, I did not get the gospel from humans, but from direct revelation uh, from from Jesus Christ. He says that in Galatians 1. Um, So clearly God directly gave him the gospel, right? Think about how he even became a Christian on the road to Damascus, right? He was persecuting Christians, arresting them, killing them. He was heading off to Damascus to do more of the same. And then Jesus had other plans for him, and he gets blinded by this light and uh, Jesus speaks to him, uh, and he ends up becoming a Christian. So God clearly had very direct involvement in his life in different ways, even communicating things to him directly. Um, so that is clearly a part of um, Paul's life. And uh, yet, secondly, we have to recognize, though, that God gave the authors some freedom to express themselves. He wanted to do that. Um and, and he didn't just leave them on their own to kind of make up whatever they wanted, but he knew, for example, that I want to, cre- if I create Paul, if I create him, and I create him in just a particular time and place and setting, and if I put certain things into his life and prepare him, like his, his teaching under Gamaliel, this great Jewish uh, teacher that he, he studied, and he knew the uh, Hebrew scriptures backwards and forwards, um, God gave him that experience. God gave him experiences of being in prison, being shipwrecked, all kinds of things that Paul went through, where God is preparing him so that he would he would freely write certain things that God wants him to write in his letters. But God doesn't just let him freely write anything that's going to uh, be contrary to what God wants in the Scripture. So the Holy Spirit will uh, direct Paul as needed. He will dictate things as needed. He will directly involve himself in Paul's life as needed. But he's also, if God knows all things, then he knows what anyone would freely do in any situation. And he knew if I put Paul in these circumstances and the crazy stuff's going on in Corinth, that's going on there, then I know what Paul's going to write to them. And if he ever is going to kind of go off, I'm going to 
redirect Paul. And, and so God can give some freedom to the human authors. And he wanted to do that. And he wanted the psalmist of Psalm 44 to be able to express raw emotion. And he wants these kinds of things in Scripture. And so God gives that kind of freedom, but yet it's God's Word. It's what God wants in the Scriptures for us. Uh, and so he, it's through his direct dictation, his direct involvement, but also sometimes where he gives some distance uh, for, for good reasons that, that he has. But yet everything is true. Everything is what God wants. And there's the supervision of the Holy Spirit over, over the whole process. Incredibly helpful, you guys. I mean, the, the Word of God, the Bible, is unlike any other book. And uh, I've always just felt that so strongly with any book that is inspired by God, making use of some 40-plus authors over three continents, spanning hundreds of years, still telling one unified story. Only God could do that. And uh, so I love getting equipped and uh, helped out with more resources about the reliability and the authority of Scripture. I love that our eighth graders are getting that too. So Zach and Trey, thanks a ton for this one. Parents, I hope you get a lot out of it. I hope you can pass the word on and students too make good use of this resource. If you need more information about Connection Point Church, you can always go to cp.news and find out more there. And we'll be back with part two of this series with the eighth graders before you know it.